0: If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7HABITS. That's the number 7HABITS to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Neil Patel. And he is someone that you've probably heard of before, and if not, you've been living under a rock. But I'm going to give you a quick background on Neil for those of you that may not have heard of him. He's the co-founder of Neil Patel Digital. He's a New York Times bestselling author. The Wall Street Journal calls him a top influencer on the web. Forbes says he's one of the top 10 marketers. And Entrepreneur Magazine says he's created one of the 100 most brilliant companies. And he's the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, Marketing School. Welcome to the show,
1: Neil. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I know you're a very busy guy, so we're going to dive right in. Today, we're going to talk about the number one growth strategy that you're using to grow your businesses in 2019. But before we do that, just take a quick minute and just kind of give people, fill in the cracks a little bit from my intro, kind of how you got started, or tell us a little bit about the businesses you have today, because you have a variety of different businesses that you run or invest or are a part of. Could you shed a little bit of light on that for us, just draw a little bit of a picture?
1: Yes, sure, so I've done a ton of B2B SaaS companies, Crazy Egg, Hello Bar. I spend most of my time these days on Neopetal Digital, which is my ad agency. We have NPXL, which is our SMB ad agency. And I've been spending a ton of time on blogging, creating video content, and more so, funny enough, creating free tools to generate more traffic, because I think that is the future of marketing, at least in the B2B space.
0: Yeah, we're really, we're gonna unpack that today because it's really intriguing to me. This is a topic we've never talked about before on Growth Expert. So that's always exciting for the audience and for myself, just from a from a selfish perspective. And but before we do that, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about you lately, particularly in the last, let's call it the last year or so, and maybe it just became visible visible to me. Maybe, maybe you really just started doubling down on it. But from what I can see, you're a big proponent of LinkedIn and particularly using video on LinkedIn. Could you talk to us for a second about that? Because I'm a big LinkedIn guy, love LinkedIn. So I'd love to hear your perspective on it.
1: Yeah, well, LinkedIn is that social network that no one talks about. It's either Facebook or Instagram, sometimes Twitter, sometimes YouTube you know, and very rarely Snapchat. But LinkedIn is one that produces really well, especially in B2B that no one discusses. And when people post on LinkedIn, it's mainly text-based content. But LinkedIn, just like every other social network, wants new age content. And what you're noticing, the trend is, all the social networks want to dominate the TV industry. They want to take those videos like reality TV of like the Keeping Up with the Kardashians or Red Table Talk, and have it all on the social web. So what LinkedIn's doing now is because no one cares about LinkedIn as much other than if you're looking to recruit, they're like, hey, if you're the one who submits videos, we'll give you leaps and bounds more reach, views and you know, even if your video content isn't that good. They're just really struggling to get the video content, so they're trying to show more love if you're willing to upload it.
0: Yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of your video content and you get a ton of engagement. But let me ask you this, you know, I know you're, I know it's hard to try to keep up with all the engagement on social, but are you seeing like, what you consider to be a positive ROI? I mean, are you seeing lead gen, you know, are you seeing opportunities coming from LinkedIn or is it more of the concept of the be everywhere got to be there just so that I'm relevant?
1: Yeah, it's the be everywhere omni-channel approach over anything else. Okay,
0: great. All right, cool. So we have that in common. I love LinkedIn and you know I your 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 video content is obviously really high quality. You you know you put a lot of time and energy and money into that content. So I highly recommend anybody check you out on LinkedIn. So we're going to talk about today the strategy, the number one strategy that you're using to grow your businesses. And I know I've heard this from you particularly over throughout 2018 as I've been following your content, but it's obviously working because you're doubling down on it and you're doing even more and more of it in 2019. Could you could you share that unique strategy with the audience? And then we'll try to unpack that a little bit for them.
1: Sure. So I run an agency. My agency deals with other companies. So in essence, B2B. Now to acquire customers, it is very expensive. If I spend money on pay-per-click advertising, going to conferences and all these other things, I can easily burn a few hundred thousand dollars a month, if not more. So I was like, what do people use in my space a lot? And they all use these marketing tools, whether it's Moz, SEMrush, HRFs, and the list keeps going on and on, Buzzsumo, you guys know the list. And I was like, wait, why don't I take the main features people are using, not all of them, because you know these are good tools, they have a million different features. So I'm like, let me take the 80% that people use, which isn't too many of their features, and make more usable versions and just release it for free. Now it's expensive. I think uh, right now my hosting bill on track for this month is somewhere around like eighty four, eighty five thousand dollars 85,000 just on this tool. Plus then you have data, API, developers and you know it keeps going on and on. So I can spend on a good month 150 grand, on a bad month I can spend closer to 200,000 in expenses. But I'm generating so many people. My tool is being actively used by around 220,000 businesses per month. They keep going back. It keeps growing in popularity. It's an expensive investment, but I believe I can get the tool to half a million to a million unique businesses using it per month. Majority won't be qualified for our services, but even if we can close a fraction of a percent, the numbers work out in our favor.
0: Okay. So what you're doing is you're, you're finding out what type of software people are using. You're creating a, like a free version with just a kind of a little bit of a stripped down version. You're giving it away for free to drive traffic to your site, not only one-time traffic, but a lot of repeat traffic. And then that you're obviously capturing some targeted quality, high quality leads through that traffic. And then that converts into revenue for, for digital or for Neil Patel digital.
1: That's the hope. <laughs> That's the hope.
0: So here's my question to you. You said you are you have about 200,000 people or 220,000 people using the tool monthly, right? That And I think you're, are you referring to Uber Suggest? Yes. Yeah. Great tool. Love it. So yeah, you guys should definitely check that out. So, and we can talk a little bit more about what that does, but you've got 220,000 people that are using the tool and it's costing you maybe 150,000 a month. What do you think the economics would be to drive that type of traffic if you were using a paid channel? I mean, you know the space inside out. What do you think that would
1: cost? Let's go down into the nitty gritty, okay? I'm looking at my analytics from December 15 to January 14, 2019. So roughly 31 days. Keep in mind there was a whole Christmas slew and New Year's, so traffic's down. So far I'm around 214,000, technically I'm exactly at 214,585 unique users. Not visits. These are people typing in keywords and using Uber Suggest. Yep. So I'm not looking at who's going to the landing page and bouncing off. I'm looking at who's actually using the application. So I'm looking at the stats for just app.neopatel.com, you know, which is the analytics for Uber Suggest. Got it. And in total, I had 564,426 visits. Okay. Average duration, 2 minutes and 16 seconds, so they're somewhat engaged. Now, when you look at the unique users, 30,000, uh, I'm not going to go over each specific number, but I'll give the first two digits because it'll just be, makes it easier. So 30,000 users came from India. 26,000 users came from Brazil. 24,526, to be specific, came from the United States, which is our number one market and revenue for our agencies. And then the list goes down and down from Indonesia to Japan, to Spain, Germany, France, United Kingdom, Italy, and it keeps going lower and lower. But our main markets are United States, which is at 24,000, United Kingdom, which is at 7,000. I'm loading up the report to pull up Canada and Australia. And then Canada is 3,500. Australia is 2,700. So a large portion of the traffic isn't from the ideal regions. All right. So when you do stuff for free, you have to keep in mind, you may not just get your target audience. Each visitor, each user isn't the same. We can't necessarily monetize all of the regions. Sure, Brazil is a huge region for us and we have an ad agency there as well. So we can monetize it. But the revenue per customer isn't the same as it is from, let's say, the United States. Germany is another good market for us. And the revenue per customer is actually very similar to the United States. But our Germany operation isn't as fine-tuned as the U.S. operation. But when you look at the numbers in total, you know, I can grow this thing to 240, 500. It's more so you have to make sure if you're going to do a free tool, you know what portion of that traffic you can potentially monetize. Because 200, 500, even a million visitors isn't really a million visitors if you only work within one region. So you got to be very specific. And that's the first thing I want to go over with you because if someone's listening to this and ever is interested in doing this model, you gotta be very careful due to the fact that just because you're attracting more people doesn't mean they're the right people. And the reason I started doing this is, there was an email my co-founder, Ethan Shaw, released in this Product Habits email, and this is my co-founder of Crazy Egg, and in there he linked this article for this company that was surveying all these large corporations, and it was interesting. Because a lot of people have a misconception of free, freemium, free trial. And what the data showed is whether you're a small and medium business or you're a Fortune 1000, did you know majority of the people use free apps? People were like, why would a Fortune 1000 use a shittier free version when they could afford a paid version? And what most people don't realize is you got to get corporate approvals. If you work for Microsoft, you can't just go swiping credit cards for every single $100 software. Sure, they can afford it, but there's an approval process. Hence, majority of people, whether it's a large corporation or small corporation, they use free overpaid. It's just easier, right? It's easier, no approval needed. Then if you like it, you want to upgrade it into paid, you can go from there. Now, eventually with Uber suggest, I'll have to figure out some sort of paid model to monetize all the other regions that I don't leverage, because I need to recuperate that 150 to 200 a month in expenses, right? I can keep going for a very long period of time, but you're talking about I'm spending conservatively 1.8 million a year. And realistically, I'm conservatively spending over 2 million because there isn't a month that it's less than 150.
0: So let me so, ask you this. Sorry sorry to interrupt, but but I really want to make sure we hit this one point because I, I know you're a very analytical guy. I've listened to you. And as you've unpacked this, it's obvious. What do you think that traffic would cost you if you went and did paid ads? I mean, do you have a sense of that? I mean, whether that be Facebook, YouTube, or a combination of the two, or it, Google, it,
1: it would be way more. But here's the problem that most people don't realize: paid ad and organic, as or, or paid traffic and organic traffic isn't the same. Right. Here's what I mean by this: a lot of people, like I have friends who work at large corporations, and some of these people will spend like five million dollars a month on paid ads, which is a lot of money for sure. And they'll end up telling me how their paid ad traffic bounces a bit more, they're not the same, even if they send them to the same landing page as the SEO traffic. But here's what people don't realize. Paid traffic is better than organic. See, if I'm selling auto insurance to keep it really simple, I would send someone to a landing page that just says, want to find auto insurance or a better rate, put in your zip code or your name and collect a lead. And it converts well. If you want to rank organically and your landing page just said, want auto insurance, put in your zip code and that's it. You will not rank organically. You'll need, you know, 500 or a thousand words of text. Or more. (laughs) Exactly. So the conversions on organic traffic versus paid traffic is drastically different. Yes, organic is free, but if you're converting three, four times more per visitor, in paid that's a huge difference and that's a part of the equation that most people don't look at and i'm not saying organic you can't convert people and we do pretty well converting organic visitors into paid but i probably know marketing better than the average joe who's doing marketing so i may squeeze out you know 50 percent better results sometimes even double or 2.5 times better results than most people at the same token, I can also squeeze out more conversions for my paid traffic than most people. But I kid you not, you know—you can't look at it as how much would this traffic cost you only because your conversion rate is drastically going to be different. If I'm getting 214,000 people, unique people, using my tool each month, not visiting but using it, it's not the same because they're coming to use the tool. So you got to think of it as a funnel. Only a portion of those people will be interested in paying if I tell all those people, hey, pay me for consulting services, like, no, we're here for a free tool. That's what the majority of the people are going to say.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you're using, tell people what Uber Suggest does. Just give them a quick 15-second infomercial on that, if you would. Sure.
1: So when is this podcast going to come out?
0: It's going to come out probably the third or fourth week of January.
1: Okay. Third or fourth week of January. So what Suggest does when you guys hear this podcast is a keyword research tool. If you want to do SER pay-per-click, you put in a keyword, it'll tell you how hard that keyword is to rank for on Google, all the other pages that rank there, other keyword ideas that you could be going after that are easier to rank for, or even pay for paid ads. Now, if you listen to this podcast in February or March, what Uber suggests will end up doing is you can also put in a URL and you can see all the traffic that URL gets from Google paid and organic over time. How's the traffic gone up or down the top pages, what keyword each of those pages ranks for. And eventually we'll even add things like who's linking to each and every single page. How many social shares does each URL have? Technically we already have the social sharing data and we show that. And we're getting more and more specific, right? So we're taking all the Features that you guys are used to paying for in SEMrush and Ahrefs and just releasing them for free. Yeah. And I'm not saying there ever won't be a paid version, but the goal is to have a better freemium version, better usable product and just get as many people through the door because I believe I can sell a portion of those into higher end B2B services because in SaaS, I believe it's a race to the bottom. If you look at what my competitors generate, Moz, they say in 2018, at least the last blog post I read, they said sometime in 2018 they were on track for 58 million. Will they hit that number or not? I don't know, but they believe in transparency. So sometime in 2019, they'll do a blog post revealing their numbers. SEM Rush in 2018 raised $40 million. They said they had 40 million or 40% EBITDA or 40% margins. It was one or the other. And they were growing fast. They didn't need the money. And they did somewhere between 50 and 100 million in revenue. And WordStream, which sold, you know, was on track in 2018 to do 50-something million in revenue. If you look at all the tool companies, there's a problem. Google generates 100 billion with a B in revenue from paid ads. Facebook's at 40-plus billion. Yet these tool companies that help you with paid and organic, WordStream's paid, Moz's organic, SEM Rush's paid and organic. They're not even generating 100 million a year. That market cap for SEO, they say the industry is a 60 plus billion dollar industry. That just shows the money's not going towards the tools. I'm using the tools to get the leads and sell them on the stuff that's bigger. I'd rather get someone who's like, I'm spending $5 million a month on paid ads. Neil, can you help me manage it better? And then me go and take seven, 8% of that monthly spend. That's a if perfect- I get enough of those, I would make more money in theory. Will my model work out? Who knows? But that's my logic.
0: Yeah, that's a great analogy. I like the analogy where you talked about how Google you know, provides the free software, the free service of searching, right? And then all the Google tools and all those sorts of things. And they're generating billions in advertising dollars by leading with a free product. And what you're going to do is you're leading with a free product, but then you're offering a different service on the back end, obviously with Neil Patel Digital and maybe other things you're going to be doing for that same sort of thing. So I think that's a great analogy. And obviously, you know, success leaves clues, right? And I think that's what you've honed in on with some of these software companies versus some of this, you know, or some of these companies like Google and others, as opposed to some of the SaaS companies that you had mentioned before, which are very successful and are doing really well in their own right. But I think you have obviously have a much bigger vision for your business. So that's amazing. Perfect. Well, listen, thank you so much for sharing and unpacking that and, and getting so detailed because I love the detail, right? I love the the analytics component of it. And you always, you know, deliver in that, in that fashion. So really appreciate that. So we're getting kind of close to the end of the show here. Let me just ask you a, a couple of questions and then we're gonna wrap it up for today. Knowing what you know now, I mean, you've been in digital marketing for a long time. Online marketing, I think it's probably probably close to 20 years now, right? That you've been in this online space and you've done a variety of different things. You know, if you, let's not go back to necessarily the beginning, but let's go back maybe, let's go back a few years now. Think back a few years because a lot of things are changing very rapidly. What's one thing that you would do differently to get further, faster? And let's kind of focus in on maybe the Neil Patel digital business. When did that start? Is it, can I ask? When did Neil Patel digital launch?
1: Yeah, it's years old. At have to go find the exact date. But we've been around for a long time. Our incorporation, not so much. Our incorporation, I think, is like three years old. But we've been doing it under my parent company. I'm kind of a big deal. It's all set up for, you know, let's just say for however lawyers set it up. Gotcha, right, gotcha, company. gotcha.
0: So what would be <sighs> that one thing that you would do different?
1: You know, they I, I, I would have created a better lead magnet earlier on to generate more leads. So I do all this content marketing. A lot of people know me as SEO, people who blog a lot, or I'm known as Guy Creates Videos. And if you look at the trends, content marketing was huge years ago, and it still is. There's roughly 7 billion people in this world. There's over a billion blogs if you include Medium, Tumblr, and WordPress.com. That means there's seven blo- one blog for every seven people. I don't think, you know, we need that many blogs out there. Google used to be where you write content, content is king, and you rank. Now Google's like, wait, we got a billion blogs. When I started out, there wasn't even 40 million. Yes, there's more searchers now, but now Google has more choice what to rank for. Because if I wrote an article on SEO, they are like, cool, this is good, this is unique. Now that content is written you know, a hundred or a thousand times by so many people. So Google's like, hmm, which one should we rank? And should we rank this one that's two years old? Should we just rank the one that was written last month? Cause it's probably gonna be more up to date. So content marketing is getting harder. Video marketing is the new trend. You'll see it in 2018 and 19, or technically we're already past 18, but you'll see it in 2019 and even a bit in 20 where it takes off. Cause in YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, you can get a ton of traffic, ton of engagement and do really well. And you'll generate leads, you can get that consistent traffic, YouTube search, you can dominate it within a month or two months. And I started heavily in video marketing in 2017, I did all of 2018, started seeing the fruits of the labor in late 2018, 2019, you know, it's been off to a great start. Uh, Just on YouTube alone, I'm getting close to 900,000 views a month. I'm hoping I end 2019 with around 2 million a month just on YouTube alone. But when you look at all these things, I don't think it's the future because the amount of effort I put in to make this stuff work is ridiculously hard. I have a huge team. I have hundreds of employees in so many different offices around the world, not even for outsourcing. Like we have an office in Sao Paulo that just services people in Brazil. But the tool, which is what we talked about mainly in this podcast, it was the easiest thing I ever did. Now, I'll give you an interesting stat. Would you agree I push hard, I do emails, I do push notifications, I push a lot of content on social media? One thing I don't do, though, is I don't really push my tool as hard as anything else, right? And I don't know how many people follow you, but if you follow me, but if you look at that data, it's obvious. Now, here's the thing. If I just look at the tool Uber suggests alone, all I did was just start releasing what people pay for and release it for free. I'm kind of crazy, too. You don't have to spend 150, 200 grand a month I don't care for Ferraris and homes, and I don't have really any bills, so for me, this is just all fun and games, and if I lose it, I'm okay with it. I'll cry, but I'm still okay with it. So when I look at the stats, I didn't do much marketing for the tool other than write a blog post and tell people, but even when I write blog posts, it doesn't reach too many people. Like, I know a good blog post will get like 30,000 new views. Most of my traffic comes from old blog posts ranking on Google. It's not from socials, not from anything. All right, so when I first released the tool, I was getting around a 1,000, or to click, I'll average it out. I was getting around 2,171 people per day Googling the name Ubersuggest, coming to the tool. I also own Ubersuggest.com and all the variations of the domain. But this is just Google traffic, brand queries. 2,100 isn't that bad. The moment I release more features for free, it went up to 5,100. All I did was release more features for free, didn't blog about it. I'm like, hey, a lot of tools charge for CPC data from coming from Google AdWords. There's a tool called keywordtool.io that charges for that. They do around, uh, funny enough, 160, 170 grand a month in revenue, similar to what I'm spending. But it doesn't cost that much to just do that. My goal is to do much more. Hence, my expenses are higher. And my traffic went up. And I remember the peak when I released it that day, it went up to 5,145 without a blog post or anything, stable down, and it went down to around 3,600 to 4,000 per day. And then when I released even more for free, my traffic spiked to 7,000 searches per day. Okay. What do you attribute that to? To word of mouth? Word of mouth, purely. I can see the tweets in Japan. I have very little traffic from Japan other than the tool. People just find it. (laughs) Like, oh, use this as much as you can while it's free. It's hilarious because you can translate the tweets, right? Right. And then, of course, you know, going from the, you know, right when it hit out, 7,800, it starts going down, then holidays hit. But I look after the new year, not doing any promotions, Wednesday, January 9th, 8,988 people finding the tool just from Googling it. These aren't impressions people searching. These are clicks. Like, think about that. How many of you guys get 8,988, that's almost 9,000. I'm a bit, I'm 12 visitors shy of 9,000. How many of you guys get 9,000 people searching and clicking over to your site, just typing in your company name each day? Not very Very
0: many, not very many.
1: And what I found is, oh my God, just releasing more stuff for free is easier to market than anything else. I'm like, I'm a good marketer. I don't have to do anything to market this. I'm like, this makes my job easier. That's why I think this is the future. I think I can get to around 20, 25, 30,000 people coming to my site just typing my brand name. And when I tell you how many unique users I'm getting, I exclude everyone from bouncing people not using the app. I'm only going down to unique uses. It just shows you how well this works. I wish I did that earlier. Forget content marketing, forget video marketing, just release stuff that people pay for for free. Best lead magnet I've, I've ever created. Now I don't have data to prove that those visits will convert into customers, but I would bet money on it.
0: You are betting money on it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I would probably bet another ten million dollars.
0: That's amazing. So listen, that is really awesome. I love the the detailed breakdown. You know, I really And appreciate- I'm not
1: venture funded. I'm willing to bet my own money on it. Yeah, you're it, betting right?
0: your own money on it. Absolutely. Yeah, and,
1: and, and I'm I'm cheap. So I wouldn't bet that much money unless I'm pretty sure like I've budgeted out for 2019 that the tool will lose me a max of 2.5 million with no revenue. And I'm okay with that, right? What I'll budget out for 2020, I don't know, but probably something similar. So I have that much conviction in it.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Perfect. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up. Last two questions. Do rapid fire if you could. Other than Uber Suggest, right? Which is obviously a great tool and is getting better and better by the day. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you use on an ongoing basis?
1: I use Google Search Console a lot. It shows me what keywords I rank, like number six, seven, eight, nine, four that I'm not targeting. And then I just go into the pages, modify them, and to also target those keywords. Yep.
0: Another great free tool. And what would be one book that you would recommend to the audience, you know, particularly as it relates to growth and growing your business, whether that be online, offline, or anywhere in between?
1: Sure. The dip by Seth Godin teaches you when to stick and when to quit. And that's very important in growth because a lot of people quit at the wrong time.
0: Awesome. Listen, Neil, it's been amazing. I really appreciate you being here. I've been a fan for a long time. Before we close out, let everybody know how they can learn more about you. Maybe check out Uber Suggest, and then we'll close it out for today.
1: Sure. Uh my name is Neil Patel. You can find me at neilpatel.com. I also blog there. And you can also find Uber Suggest by just going to you can Google for Uber Suggest and click on the first listing or go to Ubersuggest.com.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Neil. Have an awesome day and we'll talk soon. Take care. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.